Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits. How old are you, Johnny? She asked. Sixteen. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. A wise old king once said, Of the making of books, there is no end. How true today. Of the overabundance of writing published each year, what's worth reading? The answer is simple. Read only the best. Come join the discussion on Just the Best Literature. Hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. Well, on our last program, we began our discussion of the very chilling book, three of Orwell's compelling classic, 1984. Now, for today's program, no messing around. I want to jump right back into our same discussion. Now, to help me do this today, again with me in the studio is Grant Turgeon, Emma Moore, and my lovely partner in crime, I mean, in literature, uh, Deborah. <laughs> so, so welcome back, everyone. Hi. We're good to be here. All right. So, so I want to start off with a quote, because we were, we've been talking about uh, when we ended the program about the torture between you know what O'Brien was giving to Winston and uh, you know as uh, Emma said he Winston still loves O'Brien but how can you love a guy that would say this to you here's the quote nothing this is O'Brien tells Winston nothing will remain of you not a name and register not a memory and a living brain you will be annihilated in the past as well as the future now that's page 227 of my book. So, so uh, uh, he also tells Winston that he is a flaw in the pattern. So let's talk about this a little bit. Well, O'Brien also says, and he, he makes the obvious point that the past only exists in records and in memory. And since the party controls both, you can't possibly say anything existed in the past that didn't actually just exist right now he said he said like is there a collection of physical objects that you could point to that would show us the past and theoretically the party could just claim that architecture or anything else has always just been there because of the party and not from thousands of years ago so really you can't physically identify the past and if you change your thinking if you change the newspapers then the past is whatever the party says or today, you just start tearing down statues. You know, mm-hmm. tear down statues of all the corrupt old white guys that own slaves. Right, wait hundreds of years after they died and then start attacking their character when they can't even defend themselves. Yes, yet. <laughs> right. There's a time coming when they will. But the, the, the thing is, uh, what, what I thought was so chilling about that is you, you have to ask yourself, they're torturing him but they want to keep him alive till they make him perfect. And he even makes a statement, then we blow, up, blow you out. What's the point? What's the point of it? I was it? just saying that a little bit earlier. What, you know, what is the point? It seems to me like it'd be a waste, it's a waste of their time and money to, to do that. It would be easier just to shoot him, right? Yeah. So why do that? I think they did indicate maybe at least their reasoning for it, though, like because some of these past dictatorships actually created sympathetic martyrs by right. killing people who were still rebellious. At mm-hmm. least now they conquer them in the ministry of love. They go back out into society. They don't tell anyone what happened to them because they agree with what what happened to them. So they're, they're not out there bad-mouthing the party once they're finally released from the torture chamber. They're just functioning members of society. They're perfect in, in mind, apparently, and it's all it's all good. So at that point, once they're killed, it 
they're not really like a heroic rebel because they agree with what the party killing them even they're they're totally fine with that so there's no rebellion that could be stirred up by killing them once they've been purified mentally right right i, I think it's um uh, o'brien says that the party in the party they are a different kind of persecutor you know and so i mean uh, you know all of us coming from religious background we know that you know the christianity has been persecuted i mean under the roman empire a lot of well all the apostles but one was killed you know and so so you can see i think that that even socialism they studied a lot of that i mean the people that really developed like marx and engels you know the 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 major let's say the um, the brains behind socialism they studied all that and so so you know to me um, you know O'Brien. I, I think he is the scariest character in the book. And how could you ever love him? You know how could you do that? And of course, their goal was to capture what they called the inner mind. Now that's that's really chilling. And so so the thing is, the the, the I think that what's really really kind of insane about the whole thing is that that's, this is happening somewhere in this world right now. And it's, it's happening from the media in the United States. I mean, it's just a constant narrative. I mean, you, you can almost predict what's coming next. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like back to Russia, you know, for President Trump. He's, you know, the Russians are going to take over. He's a little, you know, he's a Putin puppet. You know, and if that doesn't work, then they go on to something else, and they go on to something else. And uh, I think it was interesting. They did, uh, Laura Ingram asked him, she says, are you having fun? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'm having fun because I'm doing something right. I thought that was a great statement. You know. Well, in that interview, didn't he mention something about the uh, shooter in Wisconsin maybe doing that out of self-defense? And then right. I, saw, I saw people in the media reacting like, the president appeared to insinuate that that shooter was only shooting those rioters out of self-defense and it's like well we we have the video someone was pointing a handgun at him running up to him about to shoot him first right. so there's no dispute that you could argue self-defense but they will just willingly lie about something that is on video for everyone to see and right. they're just telling you two plus two equals five and you have to believe it it doesn't matter what the five senses tell you it doesn't matter what logic and common sense say it's just Two plus two equals five. Right, right. So, all right. Let me just start another subject, and I'm going to let you you all take over. So, so in this also towards the middle of this book three, um, O'Brien begins to give his uh, philosophy of the party, and you know why why do they want power? You know because O'Brien thinks. In some ways, even though he's being tortured, he thinks they're doing this for his good. Winston. I mean, Winston. Yeah, Winston thinks that he's doing it for his good. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the point is, what does O'Brien come back and tell him? Well, first he tortures him. Right. For getting the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Right. That's he got right. the wrong yeah, answer. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what does he say about the party? Does the party really care about people's good? Nope. No, the party doesn't care about whether people are, are happy or, or, or good. Or it's The party seeks power for its own sake. That's the, the point of the power 
is the power is is not not to help people or to have a better society or it's all about the power that's right and the thing is is um um you know i think you can see it we can see that playing out if you're really paying attention and you're listening to more than one news source you've got to listen to more than one and of course uh, someone on the uh, i'd say radical left news media just said recently that they're fair and balanced <laughs> which is not true <laughs> you know they have one line and the line is get rid of trump that's it <laughs> that's, that's what we're that we're doing that's what we're, they're up to but but the, the the uh what is the object of the democratic party i mean we're not doing this because we are Republicans. We're not saying this because you know we're Trump supporters. That's not why we're. That's not why we're having this book on the on on a podcast. Because the object of the Democratic Party is to get power. That's all they care about. I mean, and every, every, they 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 come out and they say President Trump has mishandled COVID nineteen. President Trump has mishandled this. He's mishandled that. Honestly, there are people that believe that. There are people actually believe that this is what's really happening. But the opposite is exactly true. And and they they have them turned against conservative media. You know, you don't listen to them, just listen to us, we'll tell you the truth. And what does one of the one of the main left media guys say in a private conversation off camera? He said, I don't trust the media. <laughs> <laughs> the media is not your friend. <laughs> the media is not your friend. You know, so, so if, if uh, O'Brien was a really uh, real guy, I could hear him saying that. I don't trust what's being said. You know? <laughs> well, I, could, I think it, it does make sense why the party would strive for power because you can see it in human nature, what's going on right now, how intoxicating power is. People in the media love to control what people think. They don't want you to watch the whole speech or read the whole transcript for yourself they want to be able to interpret it for you um even the case with the coronavirus you know people would rather go into a business and have the power to call the police and get it shut down than actually start up a business and start making a lot of money themselves people would rather hang out on twitter and get people canceled than become the millionaire football player they're canceling you know the money is appealing but millions of people are choosing the power of the mob over even having money right go ahead emma and what um you were just saying about the the power the intoxication of power too it is really demonstrated as to why there even is a ministry of love i mean the party already controls everything of you know every person's life what they wear what they what they do how they interact with people and so then there's just this place this one place where they can finally just have that control of the mind the pinnacle of power there's a quote that says power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together and again in new shapes of your own choosing and that basically just sums up their whole philosophy and the whole reason why they would spend so much time and resources to do that right I, I just saw on the on the uh, a news brief today that in New Zealand they're declaring that everything they're doing with COVID nineteen they're declaring it illegal because they're taking away people's rights, and uh, you know they've been saying that. I mean, a lot of people have been saying that in this country for a long time, and and still different states are different, but but they really, as as Emma was just saying, they do want to start telling us how to dress. I mean, we've got to wear masks. You know, they that you know when. When you you heard about, I, I think uh, 
I think I I heard it on the the radio somewhere that someone said, well, what's going to be next? Is it going to be hazmat suits? <laughs> and, goggles. And all they of a sudden, goggles. all of a sudden, people are showing up in England at Heathrow wearing hazmat suits. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and it's like they are they are really they're getting into the details of control. And I know you know in, in Oklahoma, the governor feels people are responsible enough that they're going to you know do what it takes to take care of themselves and so he's not making everything mandatory and then then here you know and I, I don't want to necessarily name names because I don't want to get into po- the political part of it but um, you know the, the 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 point is some of our smaller communities are now are now saying you have to wear masks to even go walk in the streets in the in the little villages and then, you, you know, you have to you wear a mask to get in the store. And I, I just went in the store. I, I, okay, I was dutiful. I took my little mask. I put it on. Went in the store. I was in there to buy a few things. The people that went into the store with their masks on had taken them off, <laughs> you know, in the store. <laughs> so, so what good is that law? You know, you can't go into a store unless you have a mask on. But once you get in, take it off. I saw, I saw a commercial the other day for one of the nearby cities and it was a mask up campaign and it was just it was embarrassing it was cringy it was annoying and it's just all these people dancing outside with no one around them wearing a mask like as if that's helping somebody but that's the that's the indoctrination they're putting out there that you're so virtuous and righteous and you're saving lives if you're wearing a mask outside with no one else around right oh that's crazy I know that, of course, I think all of you know that I, I really do enjoy, you know, running and I enjoy racing. Everything's been virtual all summer. You know, it's just like you run by yourself. You know, so here I am on a 170-acre campus. I'm not six feet in front of anybody, maybe a few deer, you know. <laughs> so, so, but I do have a, a, a foot race to run this weekend. It's, it's, the reason I can do it is because it's in the mountain area. And it's you have to run up the mountain and basically down the mountain. It's a five mile run, but I just got a notice from them that I have to wear a mask before the race starts. I can take it off once the race begins, but just standing in the crowd, you have to wear a mask. Then you have to make sure before you hit the beer tent, you got to put your mask back on. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 and they said, and when you're running. You know, make sure there's six feet between you. So you're going to take a measuring stick with you and say, "Okay, am I six feet?" You know, generally the, the you know the hot runners, they're never six feet in front of each other anyway. You know, but but that's how much they're controlling something, where most people that are runners are not going to get sick anyway because you're breathing all the healthy air and right. you're up in the mountains. You know, it's it's going to be really interesting. Well, I saw. I also saw a tweet. Someone was comparing wearing a mask to go just inside the restaurant, but then take it off the whole time you're eating to maybe having like a designated toilet section in a swimming pool. Like, <laughs> like somehow it's all going to stay in this one section and is not going to spread to anybody else. I mean, it's just an absurd way of thinking that somehow just wearing the mask in the door is going to make any difference. Yeah, it really won't. Yeah, well, we went to. A- really good restaurant just recently and and we had to wear masks to get in and then we wanted to stop at the, the bar because it's a really nice bar and we wanted to have a drink before dinner and went in there no one has a mask on and then there was two seats left and I'd like to talk to the bar bartenders it's always fun to talk to them and so 
there's two seats open and no one had a mask on and I'm thinking wow no one is six feet apart and so there was a, two couples on either side and I thought I'm just not going to go sit down I might get smacked you know so I asked them I said do you mind if I if we sit here I said we're pretty close they says we don't care <laughs> <laughs> so so but but the thing is one, one of the things that that O'Brien talks about himself he says we are the priests of power now to me it, it shows that like socialism is not just a, it's not a government it's a religion isn't it it's an ideology and so so uh, uh I think the other funny thing in this is this section of the of book three is it says they want to control reality. Let's talk about that. So how how are they? What, what is Winston's reaction when he says he wants to control reality? Well, basically, it's impossible, and he's right. trying to think of all these examples that obviously you can't you can't control reality. And then O'Brien says you don't exist. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. Winston's like, well. I, yes, I do. I off. I occupy a definite amount of space. Right. I'm a certain size. I have arms and legs. There, I was born at one point. I'm going to die at another point. How can you possibly tell me I don't exist? But O'Brien has all these ridiculous double think ar- uh, arguments that tear apart every thought that Winston has. Yeah, he asks, "Can you control gravity? You know, <laughs> can you control the laws of nature? You know, and it, and and Winston says, yeah, basically." That's, they control the mind, you know. So, so it's in other words, they control your view of reality, and and you know, uh, we we did have a little family reunion on Zoom, with the, we were supposed to go uh, this weekend to see Deborah's family. We haven't seen them for a while. And it was just just the the brothers and sister. One sister alive after the parents died, and so we had to do it on on Zoom. And I just I thought my wife said no behave <laughs> when you get on that get on there and I, I just said to them I said all right could I ask first of all they're all concerned for us because we live in Oklahoma and then we know that we're not under heavy restriction you know and we think that's why actually why they canceled the reunion so that we didn't bring COVID you know along with us but but the, the thing I said to them I said who in here I said all of you are on the phone who believes or thinks that we're like living through a dystopian novel? Every one of them said yes. <laughs> you know, so so it's like the media and like the medical people are really they they really are changing reality, aren't they? I mean, they they have put us in a weird kind of reality, and it's like I don't even want to go into the village anymore. You know, it's too frustrating. And, uh, you know, it's so pleasant out here. I mean, we have fresh air. We have wide open spaces. And so so I, I, I think that, that um, you know, they're in New Zealand, they're saying, hey, this is illegal. This is, this is restricting us. I know people in England right now, they want their kids back in school. And, and the parents are starting to say, hey, there's one medical guy here who said it's not going to hurt them. Let's get the schools back open. And, and so... So I think people are tired of it. But, but here, in the, what Orwell creates for us, he creates a world that has already been dominated by socialism. And it's a warning. And that's where I think this book is so good. Is it, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he wrote it where we can actually compare it to what's happening today. 
I mean, you can you can go now almost incident by incident and and see a similarity that how did he know this? And and so obviously he had to study it. But but I think what we have to see is there are totalitarians out there that they want to change our democratic republic. And they want to control reality. And how are they going to do it? How? Fear is a big thing. Fear? I mean, that's, that's a big part of what the party thrives on. They just make everyone terrified to disobey, at least mm. within the party. The proles don't care and they're not a threat so the party doesn't care what they do but all the people within the party are terrified and it's the same thing with this i mean you know in the wild west you could get shot dead in a duel in the middle of a street on any random day as, as soon as right. someone challenged you they could challenge you for any reason right. and you can get shot dead that's a real threat there's out there were outlaws there were bandits there were all kinds of terrifying people uh there's i could probably think of three thousand things more scary than the coronavirus but we're freaking out over this and right. it doesn't even make any sense. Right. So go ahead, Emma. I think also part of it is just the general apathy f about the truth. I think being exposed to so many lies, the people realizing that, that you know, like Winston, for instance, he knows that the past has be, been rewritten probably ever, before he was born just multiple times. And so they've just come to accept that that's all lies and there's going to be new lies tomorrow and the day after that. And things that he wrote yesterday will probably change. And just that constant cycle, it you just become apathetic to it and you don't you don't yearn for the truth anymore. Julia, in the book, prior, she she didn't even care whether, you know, is Big Brother even real? I don't know. And she didn't really care. She just had to survive and focus on, you know, just having a good time, basically. Right, right. That, that's, and I think that's what is happening. Uh, I even heard now a lot of the young people in Europe have been going to Greece, you know, to party up. and uh, <laughs> But they're coming back with COVID, and now, it's, now they want to pen penalize Greece. You know, and so, so, but it is kind of bizarre. But, but I think one of the things that we have to face, and let's say for the true reality, is they really want to control us through our thinking. I mean, that's that's really scary. You know, they want us to think like they do, and and uh, I know um, we, I don't know how many weeks ago it was we talked to to Deborah's family, but her one brother hadn't been out of the house in months because he was afraid to go out. And they finally, I said, well, get out and do something. Finally, they got out and they went like to a lake and all that. You know, get out and do something. And they know, I mean, the, 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 the sane medical people know if you stay in your house all the time, you're going to get sick because you're just breathing the same old air. You know, you're getting the same old germs. And they actually had a good time. <laughs> Get out of the house, you know. And so, so uh, anyway, that that uh, I I think there is to me one of the most ironic things is when when O'Brien tells Winston he's insane. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Who who, who is insane? Who is insane? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, can you can you imagine O'Brien? He can look like an angel, but he's just he's just evil the way he wants to control him. Go ahead, Emma. I think also the thing with that is if you're you're fed so many contradictory statements, I mean, even like you were saying about COVID, you're fed so many contradictory statements, you start to doubt what's even true. And then when you can elevate a certain individual or a certain party or a certain group or profession even, that 
that seem to know what is the the truth or know what's going on, you don't feel as informed as you you think you are because you're hearing so many different things that that contradict each other. So you're just kind of willing to go along with that and think, well, I've heard so many different things. I don't even know for sure. So I'm just going to believe what this person says. Right. Whether it's the party or whether it's, you know, the medical profession. Right. And I think the big lesson for everybody should be you need to prove the facts for yourself. That is not happening mm-hmm. today. Well, there is also. people are so lazy. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. There's, there's, a, there's a quote in the book here. It says, what can you do, thought Winston, against the lunatic who is more intelligent than yourself, who gives your <laughs> arguments a fair hearing and then simply persists in his lunacy? I mean, that's exactly that's O'Brien. That's exactly what's going on, too. I mean, that's yeah. that's all the the experts. That's all the Harvard educated liberals. They are more educated, but they're also insane and they're not going to ever change their way of thinking. They're just going to force it on everybody else. There's nothing we can even yeah. do about it. I mean, the masks are a prime example. Yeah. How many times did Nancy Pelosi criticize President Trump for not wearing a mask? Exactly. Just over and over and over again. All right, we're getting close to the to the end. We have some time left, so <clears throat> um, let's go to the towards the end. I, I think uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the final meeting between Winston and Julia. Um, there is a part where where Winston goes through this kind of evaluation period, and he he questions what is man and why why are we here and what are we doing here basically and and O'Brien is saying Oceana is the world and then Winston comes back with but the world itself is only a speck of dust and man is tiny hopeless and they basically have this discussion about well there's there's something bigger than us here there's something you know we're a part of something bigger and O'Brien just continually shrinks that perspective back to everything um what does he say? Outside of man, there is nothing. The earth exists as long as man does. Nothing outside of human memory is important or human consciousness. And basically just continues to shrink back his perspective down and to get him to stop thinking about that. The right. universe revolves around the earth. All the stars are a couple kilometers it's away. And we, could, we could reach out and touch them if we wanted to. Right. But then he says at the same time, like we have to exercise real science to measure an eclipse or sail on the ocean. So that, again, more double think where the party's everything and there's nothing else outside the party, but they also do exercise real science when they have to. Yeah. It just It's total insanity. And, and you, you can see that happening in the United States. The big problem right now is not COVID-19. The big problem is they're destroying the United States. That's the big problem. And so, so you know, a lot of people don't like our perspective, but we know that there is a Satan, the devil, and he wants to destroy American Britain because of who we are. And, of course, that's a, that's a whole nother whole series of programs that we can't get into all right so let's let's just talk a little bit oh i'm sorry uh, i just one one thing i just too wanted, many people one, at this table <laughs> I, know, there's a lot of, I just wanted to add just still talking about about o'brien and and um winston and he at one point um o'brien says to winston because this is the whole idea of Winston as an individual. You know, he doesn't want to give up his individuality thinking for himself. And uh, O'Brien says, can you not understand that the death of the individual is not death? The party is immortal. 
So the whole point is, we uh, an individual doesn't doesn't matter. It's the party is the most important, and a party is immortal. So basically, a party is taking the place of God in, in some ways. Right. When they think that's well, how you live forever, yes, even right. when you die, mm-hmm. you were part of the party, right. and so you still live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but we know God has a better idea, don't yeah. we? Yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, we're, we're going to run out of time here, so some of this might have to wait for my final thoughts on the program. But let's just talk uh, um, briefly. Maybe we could talk about um, Julia and Winston a little bit when they finally meet each other after all the torture and they, they get out. I mean, it's, it's amazing, I think, that... Um, uh, Winston just fantasizes when he's going to get the bullet and it's always going to be in the back of your head you never know when it's going to happen he even asked O'Brien, he said so am I going to get the bullet and he said of course you are mm-hmm. you know so that's again that's that whole fear thing so but he never does get he never does get the bullet he fantasizes about it but never does get it so so uh, any quick comments on what we experienced with Julia and Winston go ahead Emma I think the fact the their reunion it shows that their relationship wasn't really based on anything besides their mutual desire for rebellion against the party they they thought differently they had different backgrounds and and they were pretty quick to to rat each other out um basically and betray each other just so they could survive when that survival instinct kicked in so it just shows that there wasn't much there to begin with, and it was only that that the fact that they could confide in one, one another about that that rebellion against the party. Okay, all right. Anybody else? Well, it just it shows the effect of the torture that that it seemed like they O'Brien they or the Ministry of Love knew the you know in Room One Hundred One what was the one thing that would make absolutely anybody do anything you know yes. and so so that was it was the effect of the torture that we know what they did to him but yes. we don't know what they did to her mm-hmm. so well that is all the time we have for today's program so next time what i'll do is i'll give you some final thoughts on orwell's 1984 and we'll talk a little bit more about um maybe room 101 so you can buy 1984 at amazon you can find a copy in your local bookstore and of course you can also check your local library Now, some local libraries may not be open, so uh, that could be a problem for you. But please write me any comments you may have to jbl at pcog.org. You can follow JBL on Twitter at jbliterature1. You can also follow JBL on Facebook. Simply search for Just the Best Literature. So, until next time, keep reading. You've been listening to Just the Best Literature on Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG. Streaming online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.